what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. The Holy Spirit knows what's in your heart and life. He knows what needs to be addressed. When you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in other tongues, the Holy Spirit is praying about you to the Lord. He's praying a prayer that you, within your own free will, you would pray about. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, turn with me please to the Gospel according to St. Luke. Luke chapter 3, we're going to go down pick it up in verse 15. Luke chapter 3, verse 15, and the people were in expectation, and all men mused in their hearts of John whether he were the Christ or not. John answered, saying unto them all, I indeed baptize you with water, but one mightier than I cometh, the latchet of whose shoes I'm not worthy to unloose. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his floor, and will gather the wheat into his garner, but the chaff he will burn with fire unquenchable. And many other things in his exhortation preached he unto the people. This will be the fourth and maybe last message I preach on the preaching of John the Baptist. So uh, listen closely. Get out your notepad this morning and write down these scriptures. Because like last week, uh, we're going to be giving you some scriptures. And I encourage you to go home and look them up and study it out for yourself. And seek the Lord about it. Do what the Lord would have you to do with it. In verse 15, we read where the people were in expectation. I think that all of God's people should be in expectation of the Lord. Now, what exactly do I mean by that? Well, let's deal with church, first of all. I believe when you come to church, you should be in expectation of the Lord. Jesus said, wherever two or three are gathered together in my name, there I will be in the midst. And whenever Jesus was on the scene, folks got saved. Folks got healed. Demons were cast out. Miracles took place when Jesus was on the scene. And when you come to church, you should be in a state of expectation. What in the world is the Lord going to do in church today? Good grace and mercy, I think we've got church a little bit too figured out. We've learned a little too much how to do church. What do you mean by that? Well, I mean that we don't give the Lord an opportunity to move and work in the church like He wants to. Because we go by what we think church ought to be. I think we should expect the Lord in our everyday life and living. 
When you get up in the morning, you should say, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and be glad in it. You should get up in expectation of the Lord every day. I wonder what the Lord's going to do for me today. What door of opportunity is he going to open up for me today to witness for him? What kind of blessings has he got for me today? They asked John, they said, are you the Christ? Are you the one that's to come? He said, no, he's coming after me. That should be another thing you should be expecting. The Lord's coming after you. Oh, now that just made some of you uncomfortable because you ain't ready for the Lord to come after you. Well, you just got a problem then. But you should be excited because this could be the day that the Lord calls you home. This could be the day that the trump of God sounds and we receive a glorified body and we go to heaven to be with the Lord. You should be in expectation of the Lord. The Lord could come today. Are you ready? You should be looking forward to it. Now let me flip the coin over and look at some things you should stop expecting. You should stop expecting bad things. I know sometimes it just seems like it comes in bunches like bananas. I mean, it ain't just the wash machine that goes out, it's the dryer too. And if it ain't the wash machine, the dryer is the dishwasher. If it ain't the dishwasher, it's the pump on your well. If it ain't that, it's the water heater. If it ain't that, it's your car. It's something going on all the time. Hello, is anybody here, understand, anybody here in the church today? All right, okay. Bad stuff happens. And we get in this routine, it seems like everything in the world is going wrong. And we just get up, we start getting up every day. Oh, me, what in the world is going to happen today? Oh, I'm preaching to somebody this morning. You need to look at that situation because, Dana, put it up there on that screen. Psalm 34, verse 19. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Look at that. You're going to have afflictions. Why? Because you're saved. Thank God you're saved. Thank God you're saved. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord. But the Lord. Glory to God. I said, but the Lord delivereth him out of them all. Look at that situation you're going through and say, here's another opportunity for God to move and work in this situation for it to be a witness for the Lord for someone to get saved. All right. Now, I want to deal with the baptism in the Holy Ghost again today, a little bit. There's a lot here that can be said. Three Gospels record John preaching about the baptism in the Holy Ghost. You can find it in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. What is it? Baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire. Let me say this again. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your heart. You are dead in trespasses and sins. The Holy Spirit comes into your heart and life and makes you spiritually alive unto God. You are born again. When you get saved, the Holy Spirit comes into your life. That gets you ready for heaven. You get the Spirit. Baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire is when the Spirit gets you, and He gets you ready for service. See, the Lord's got something He wants you to do. 
And he told the disciples, he commanded them, don't, you, don't, don't go out and build churches, don't preach, don't build Bible schools, don't feed the hungry, don't do anything till you go to Jerusalem and be endued with power from on high. He said, you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses unto me. Baptism in the Holy Ghost and fire gets you ready for service. It is a power that we all need. Along with that power, there comes a boldness to speak the Word of God and to witness to other people. He commanded, it is a commandment, that all of God's people be baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. But now here's the thing, just like any other commandment, it can be broken. And sadly, today it is broken by many Christians because they're not seeking the Lord for this of which I speak. This is not something that happens to you automatic. It is something you have to ask the Lord for. And he told us, if a son asks his father for a piece of bread, will he give him a serpent? No. He said, well, if you being evil know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask? So you need to ask for it. Now, this brings up a lot of questions. There are a lot of questions that people have, and there's a lot of confusion. So I want to go ahead and grab this bull by the horn and address some of these questions today. Some think, that when you get saved, you get it all right then. You get saved and baptized in the Holy Ghost right then, there's nothing else to seek God for. I don't agree with that. And I'll tell you why I don't agree with that. Some do, some do not. All right, let me give you some instances of it. In Acts chapter 10, write that down, go home, look it up, read it for yourself. I don't have, we're not, we don't have the space nor the time to put all that up there. But in the 10th chapter of the book of Acts, we see a man who had a heart for God. He wasn't saved, but he was seeking God. He wanted more in his life than what he currently had. And he was praying and seeking God, and God dealt with Simon Peter, told him to go to the house of Cornelius and preach to him which Simon Peter did. And those folks, the moment they got saved, they were baptized in the Holy Ghost right then. So we see that happening with those folks. But now the Apostle Paul, that was not the case. See, when we read about Paul getting saved, you can read about this in the ninth chapter of the book of Acts, Paul got saved on the road to Damascus. God had to literally knock him down off his high horse to get his attention. And let me just stop right there and say, God knows what to do to get your attention. But Paul was struck down, and he said, Lord, what is it you'd have me do? He got saved right then. Three days later, and you can read it, Acts chapter 9, Ananias came in, laid hands on him, and he was filled with the Spirit. Right then. So he was saved. Three days later, he was filled with the Spirit. In the eighth chapter of the book of Acts, we see where the folks in Samaria got saved, and later on, Peter and John came 
and they were filled with the Spirit. We don't know how much time lapsed between the time they were saved and the time they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. You can read about that in Acts chapter 8. Acts chapter 19, again, write this down on your little notepad. Go home, read it for yourself, check it out. In Acts chapter 19, we read about some folks at Ephesus. Paul went to Ephesus, he ran across certain disciples, and after talking to them a little bit, he said, something ain't right here. Something's missing. So he asked a question, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? He laid hands on them, and they were baptized in the Holy Ghost in fire. So there you have different instances of some who got it when they got saved and some who didn't. But let me say this. Even if you have, you've been saved and you've been baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, you should seek God for His Spirit on a daily basis. We got to have it. If you're going to do what God wants you to do, you must seek Him in your prayer time at home. Lord, I want everything you've got for me. That should be your heart's desire. And you should seek to be filled with His Spirit. Now some say this of which I speak is not for today. Dana, if you will, put it up on the screen. Acts chapter 2, verses 38 and 39. Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Lord Jesus for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Verse 39, look at this. For the promise is unto you, that's the folks then, and to your children, and to those that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. So it is for today. Now, we're going to deal with a real touchy subject now. What about speaking in other tongues? In every instance, almost, of a person who was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire, speaking in tongues was involved except the Apostle Paul, when he was filled with the Spirit in Acts chapter 9, there's no mention of Paul speaking in tongues. However, in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 18, he said, I speak in tongues more than you all. So what happened? Did he speak in tongues when he was baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire? We don't know. The Scripture doesn't say. But maybe this is a gift that developed over a period of time. Scripture don't say. We talked about the folks in Samaria who were saved, and then a short time later they were baptized in the Holy Ghost and fire. There's no mention of those folks speaking in tongues. But, Simon the sorcerer was watching it, what was going on. And he saw something. There was some evidence of some kind. There was something different about them folks when they got baptized in the Holy Ghost in fire. And he saw a change. He saw something and he wanted to buy this gift. 
You can read about that in Acts chapter 8. Tongues is a problem with a lot of folks today. It's a, sub, a lot of preachers won't deal with it. It's not talked about. And there's a reason why, and here's the reason. At the church at Corinth, tongues caused a problem. So Paul addressed this issue of speaking in tongues. Every time you go to church, everybody was in there speaking in tongues. It, it was chaos. So the Holy Spirit, through the Apostle Paul, laid down the guidelines for speaking in tongues. All right, let's look at it. 1 Corinthians chapter 14. I'm not going to read the entire chapter. We're going to just look at a few things here. 1 Corinthians 14 verse 1. Follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. There are nine gifts of the Spirit. They're all listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. He said, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you prophesy. What's that? Is that foretelling the future? No. It's preaching. Every one of you under the sound of my voice today, you should be able to open up your mouth and tell somebody else how to get saved. Well, Brother James, I don't understand the Bible. You can give them your testimony. What is preaching? It is a proclamation of truth. It's just simply telling others how to get saved. So you should seek the Lord for that gift to witness to other people. That's what he said here. But rather that you may prophesy. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men but unto God. When you're speaking to God, what is that called? Prayer. When a person speaks in tongue, they're not speaking to someone else. They're speaking to God. What does that tell us? It tells us that if you're going to speak in tongues, that needs, between, needs to be between you and God. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, verse 2, speaketh not unto men but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit the Spirit speaketh mysteries. So what is, what is the speaking in tongues and, and, and prayer? The Spirit is speaking mysteries about you. See, when we pray to the Lord, sometimes we can get a little selfish in our prayers. When we pray to the Lord, we're praying about this person over here that's causing us problems, and we'll say, Lord, you need to deal with them. Guess who really needs to be dealt with? Go look in the mirror. The Holy Spirit knows what's in your heart and life. He knows what needs to be addressed. When you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in other tongues, the Holy Spirit is praying about you to the Lord. He's praying a prayer that you, within your own free will, you wouldn't pray about. Young man, you're looking for a young lady, and you're just praying for the Lord to move upon her heart for, so, so that you can, can get married. But that might not be what the Lord wants for you. That's where that gift of praying in tongues, the, the Holy Spirit may be saying, Lord, you need to break this up because she's not the right one. The right one's over here. But yet, you would not pray that within yourself. The Spirit is praying mysteries. Verse 3, 
He that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. Again, Paul is saying in a church service, it's better for a person to speak in the language that everybody knows and understands rather than speaking in other tongues. But yet tongues has its place. All right, verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. And you're going to find life comes at you hard. We live in this pressure cooker of a world. And there are times when you need edifying, and, I, and I'm not around to edify you. And that's when you go to the Lord in prayer, and you pray in tongues, you pray in the Spirit, and the Bible says you are edified. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself so it does have its place but he that prophesies he that preaches edifies the whole body and that's what we should seek for we should seek for that which edifies everybody but let me tell you as a pastor if i'm not edified myself how can i edify you are you are you hearing me i get it from somewhere I get it from the Lord in my prayer time when I'm seeking God. You could be sitting right next to me, and I'll be praying in the Spirit, praying in other tongues, and you, you, you don't hear a word I say. It's strictly between me and God. And if you want to pray in the Spirit, if you want to pray in other tongues, that is strictly between you and God in your prayer time at home or in church. It ain't got to be done out loud where everybody hearing you and making a spectacle of yourself. All right, let's move on. I would, verse 5. I would that ye all spake with tongues, but rather that ye prophesied. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interpret that the church may receive edifying. Move down to verse 14. He said, If I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit prayeth, but my understanding is unfruitful. Again, it goes back to that situation. You don't know what you're praying. You don't understand what is being said in tongues, but the Spirit does. And the Spirit will pray about things in your life that maybe you don't even realize is there. You don't even realize is a problem. What is it then? Verse 15. He said, I'll pray with the Spirit, and I'll pray with the understanding also. In other words, I'll pray in English. I'll pray about the situation as much as I know. But I'm going to be honest with you. In this complex age that we live in and, and, and the things that are going on in this world, people tell me things, and I'm going to tell you, it's a catch-22. If they go this way, they're in trouble. If they go that way, they're in trouble. So how in the world do you pray about such as that? You pray in the Spirit. The Spirit makes intercession with groanings which cannot be uttered. That's Romans 8, 28, I believe it is. Anyway, he said, I'll pray in the Spirit. I'll pray with the understanding also. He said, I'll sing in the Spirit and sing with the understanding also. What is that? Well, that's singing in other tongues. Move down, if you would, to verse 18. 1 Corinthians 14. 
verse 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. Yet in the church, notice this, in the church I'd rather speak five words with my understanding that my voice I might teach others also than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue. What's he saying? It's better for me to preach in English where you can understand what I'm saying than to do it in an unknown tongue and you don't understand what I'm saying. Verse 39. Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy, covet to preach, and forbid not to speak with tongues. Let all things be done in decency and in order. That's your key. And I'm afraid that in a lot of churches today, we've done exactly what Paul said not to do, forbid others to speak in tongues. Some go so far to say it's not for today. It passed away with the disciples. Let's look at that. Dana, if you will, 1 Corinthians 13, verses 8 and 9. Charity never faileth, but whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Next verse. For we know in part, and we prophesy or preach in part. But when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. There are those today who teach... That when the Bible was completed, when John wrote the last word in the book of Revelation, that which is perfect, speaking of the word of God, was given, then tongues was done away with. But if you read on down, Paul's talking about when he gets to heaven. He said, I'm looking through a glass darkly, but then I shall be known even as I am known. I submit to you today that which is perfect is referring to the time when we get to heaven. So until you get to heaven, there's a need for knowledge, there's a need for prophesying, preaching of the Word of God, and there's a need for tongues. Look, I've run out of time. I'm just going to tell you like this right here. And Dana put it up on the screen. 1 Corinthians 12, 31. You need to seek God for God's best for you. Covet earnestly the best gifts. What does that mean? That means that you as a child of God should go before the Lord and seek God for the gifts that He's got for you so that you can better serve Him. And if you want to know what those gifts are, they're there in that 12th chapter of 1 Corinthians. Read them. Ask the Lord to give you that which you need. Now, next week, maybe, we'll finish up with the preaching of John the Baptist. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 205-336-0111. 
252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252 252- Two nine nine four two three four. This program is an outreach ministry of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com. Click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. We have Sunday school every Sunday morning at 945 and worship service at 11, as well as prayer meeting and Bible study every Wednesday night at 730. Go to com and click on the events tab for gospel singings and other special services. That's right, Jules. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you. (music) 